Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clicquot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Sports. The final frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. I kick you, and then if you feel well enough, you can kick me in the groin. So if you throw up... Yeah, you're done. Their weekly mission, to provide hot takes, medium takes, sometimes annoying takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Luke Anderson. Oh, Heater Locklear, though. Have you seen her? <laughs> That's Heather Locklear that smokes. Super, she's a little trashier, so she's, like, more gettable. Will Darkens. I started to get that feeling again, the college football feeling. It's that time where you uh, realize that on Saturdays and Sundays you can ignore your family. This is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, presented by Frostbrewed Coors Light. The world's most refreshing beer on 1080 The Fan. Hi, welcome to Hour 2 of the Sinner and the Saint. Uh, If you miss anything from Hour 1 because it's on an hour earlier, First, I apologize. Second, you didn't miss it. You can go on 1080thefan.com and download the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Catch up on all of the insights of Preston Highfield. Just dives in. Oh, I was thinking about Jeff Fisher. I thought I'd mention that because it doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Well, it did. But thank you for You those. just didn't understand hey, the connection. Cut his mic. Cut his he mic. He didn't understand the connection. Oh, geez. No, I got the connection. It was fantastic. Uh, but we need, do need to get back into uh, Oregon Ducks football. We talked a little bit about Chip's return uh, to Autzen Stadium a little bit earlier in the show. It's getting uh, but chippy to, in there. It was getting chippy. I see what you did there. Very clever. Wow. It's not playing. <clears throat> you got... You got a drop you're trying to play? Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Good. Will's broken the uh, equipment in here. I'll so get it. He'll get it. Oh, look, I'll get there. Don't you worry. Um, but we did want to talk about the football side of things, and to increase our football acumen, we brought in former Oregon State running back Marcus Greaves and your color commentator for Washington Southwest Washington High School football. Yes, sir. Marcus, thanks for stopping by. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I know you guys are a little big time, and it was the Will Darkins and Marcus Greaves show for a couple weeks, or weekends, I should say, and I think people liked it, but then, you know, you got back, you gave me the boots. So, no, no, uh, no, listen, we'll have you back anytime. You're just usually, uh, you know, you're too busy for us. You've got, a, you've got a busy life. You're a jet setter. What are you doing? You're going down to Corvallis today, then off to New York, then back to Las Vegas, and then eventually you'll make it back around here. You're too busy for us, so don't try to make this excuse that we're too big time for you. Especially you, but you are the mayor of Clark County. <laughs> yes. So the fact, I just want your autograph. Voting yeah. season is coming up. It's like a couple days away, and I already voted for you. I appreciate that. Um, So let's get into some Oregon football. Here's my question for uh, you guys with the big sports brains in here. Um, I can't figure out what the identity of this Oregon offense is. This is the most confusing thing to me. You have a Heisman Trophy candidate, a number one overall draft pick, and and Justin Herbert. All the hype coming in this year was around the quarterback position, and they're trying to reestablish their identity as a run-first power football team are they making a mistake by not leaning on on their more talented quarterback i think so just because when you have that kind of talent you just have to utilize i think what they did 
you know, in the past that made him so good was just, you know, they kind of just gave their athletes the ball in open field, and they're like, go do your thing, right? They're not going to try to have an – their identity was, we're just going to get our athletes the ball in open field, and then from there they're going to do what they do. And I think that's what they've kind of gone away from. They kind of have gotten I, – I don't want to say – like narrow-minded or, or tunnel vision, but that's kind of how it is. Like, okay, we beat Washington. We're this tough football team, so now we're going to have to be tough with everybody else, and I don't think they've really adjusted so far. Yeah, and, and college football is about finding the weak spot in, in your opponent, right? If they've got an, an a weakness, you need to exploit it, right? You need to go out and go, all right, well, listen, this team – has you know a weakness up front let's go and you if we have more power let's go and use it if they've got a weakness in their secondary let's try and exploit that the best way we can the best teams in college football can attack you from multiple different angles there's other teams like washington state has always been this air raid offense we're going to go out we're going to we're going to do the one thing we do well and we're going to do it well enough to beat you and then hope you don't run into an opponent like they've been in the Mike Leach era have a devastating issue with the university of Washington because Washington goes out. We're going to get the best athletes, put them in our secondary and we're going to stop yeah. Washington mm-hmm. state and then deal with everybody yeah. else uh, as they come. But, but college football is one of those things where, man, if you get a transcendent talent and you don't utilize them, it's a huge mistake. And I think that's what's happening. And I think Oregon's going to look back on the Justin Herbert era, especially if he leaves after this year and go, man, we had a real opportunity that we missed with that kid. Yeah. And you remember in the Washington game, Oregon won that game, but had they lost, there would have been some serious criticism that they didn't use Herbert enough because Herbert was not used a ton in that game. They ran the ball, even their game winning touchdown in overtime on third and goal from the six, I think was a running play up the middle to beat Washington. But what's happened the last two weeks is they have not been able to run the ball. And if you listen to what Mario Cristobal says, he constantly preaches, okay, we want balance on offense. We want to be able to establish dominance up front. He's obviously an O-line guy, has an O-line background. But ever since that Panay Sewell injury in that UW game, they haven't been able to run the ball. I mean, I kind of got it against Washington State because it felt like Marcus, as a former D1 player, you can probably speak to this better than I could, but it felt like Washington State was just not going to let them run. I mean, they had like seven or eight guys in the box every play, but Arizona, for Oregon to not be able to run the ball in Arizona, I mean, how does that happen? Right, and, you know, I just know from experience, because I had to, like, we had to play against Justin Herbert, and I think it was his first season playing, and I know that was, I think that was when Oregon was kind of in a slump where they finished four and eight, four, something, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, something like that. But they even can't th- carried Gary Anderson off the field after right. yeah, yeah, yeah. War. <laughs> but even that, like watching him play, I was like, this kid is this kid is going to be for real. And so if you're right, Luke, they should like they should use every last bit of this kid because he's he's probably going to be the number one draft pick if he goes yep. this season. And so when you have that kind of talent. That's what Oregon has done is they used all of it. They found ways to get everybody the ball and their their best athletes the ball. And that's you know, that's what made him so successful for so long. And yeah. I don't think they're doing that right now. So is this something that makes you worry about the coaching staff that you have and Marcus Arroyo calling the offense? Is is Mario Cristobal not a creative enough leader to to get the most out of his team? I mean, sometimes you need to change your identity based on based mm-hmm. on your personnel, right? right. In college yeah. football. I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just think you need to change it. It should change game. It shouldn't change game to game, but it kind of has to, right? And it's Mario Cristobal's first year, right? And so if he does have critics saying, "Okay, well, what is he doing? Like, why can't we win these kinds of games?" Like, it just takes time. And I don't want to say, you know, Oregon is different than Oregon State. Oregon State is okay. They've they they're not going to make a bowl game, you know, every season, right? Let's just yeah. be real. But with the Ducks, you know, they know it's going to be like that because they have the talent. They have all the pieces. But it just takes time that you have to mold everyone and 
it it really does take time when you get a brand new head coach and you know the staff is still kind of the same some guys left some guys stayed but even then it's just it just takes time I, and that's why I'm kind of not too worried about the Ducks they're going to be fine they're going to be good well I, I think everybody said that you know we're really going to see who Mario Cristobal is a coach when he has to get all of his players in there and when Justin Herbert leaves I think that's when the real truth about who this team is going to be bring in more of his guys see what they can do when you have, you know, a full recruiting cycle to go on. Yeah, um, if you look at their recruiting classes right now, it's it's insane. Like, yep, where they are yep. going to be in two years on the lines, especially. I mean, Cristobal's got – he's building – he knows what he's building. He's trying to bring, it's, it's, he's trying to bring yeah. power football to the Pac-12. Yeah. This won't look like the Oregon teams of Chip Kelly. Ironically, the game this week is against Chip Kelly. Uh, so, when we come back, let's talk a little bit bigger picture college football. Some big games. We've already gotten into LSU, Alabama in the first hour, but we'll get to some of the other games, uh, Michigan, Penn State, and – others uh but first let's throw it over to preston highfield with your traffic and weather Take a number. I all right before we get too much into the rest of college football will i know you were dealing with a technical issue what do you want to see from oregon in this game if they're going to reestablish themselves at all uh the, the articles are so funny when you see the headline uh oregon needs to re-identify themselves as a run first team they have justin herbert throw the friggin' ball yeah, that's kind of what you would think. But at the same time, I think they're wrestling with identity issues on offense, obviously, is that you try to fit Justin Herbert in in the best way with this quote-unquote power scheme that Arroyo and Cristobal are doing. And at the end of the day, you don't really focus on trying to get the ball to players in space, right? And you also have a huge problem with wide receivers. I mean, Dylan Mitchell is your only target at least that's what it seems like. And Certainly Arizona, feels that way, yeah. Arizona did an extremely good job of doubling him up and um, pressing him at the line and basically making it so you couldn't throw. The only guy that I am just completely disappointed with when it comes to offense this season is Jacob Breland. I thought he would become a way bigger factor at the tight end position. You know, uh, Cristobal talked about this heavy-hitting style of play that he wants from the Oregon offense. And, uh, you know, tight end is pretty crucial when it comes to doing something like that. So I don't know. You have to see a lot of improvement across the board. And of course, at the end of the day, you have to see Justin Herbert have his moment, have yet to see it. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll see if that comes to light at all, but now Oregon, you know, what do they need two wins to become bowl eligible? Right. I guess that's kind of the big change in, in what we're seeing from, from Oregon where a couple of weeks ago after they beat Washington, if people were talking playoff and you know, how quickly your fate changes in college football. So Hopefully the same thing happens to Alabama after they lose to LSU today. Um, Listen to you. Hey, they've only beat two teams with winning records so far. That's another thing about Alabama being so great. They've beaten two five and three teams. Those are your team with winning records. Come on, get off your high horse. (laughs) I love listening to Alabama haters. They're so funny. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, come on. Like you just hate because they're good. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. say, I don't say, deny say, that saying, <laughs> saying that they're saying that they're overrated because of their schedule is kind of absurd. If you've watched them play games like they're beating people 50 to nothing in the first half, like every game. Yes, but they're playing bad teams and you're supposed to do that. But when they play good teams, what do they do? They I still beat them. Well, they haven't played a good team. That's my point. That's why this game is so interesting. So, Marcus, you weren't here when we got into the conversation earlier. But one of the things that's set up is that Alabama is set up to lose this game and stay on track for a college football playoff because right. you put LSU number three in the mm-hmm. rankings. So, it, it, listen, if you can't hate Alabama, who can you hate in college football? You're right. Nick, Nick Saban has no personality. He tried to show one this week when he's talking about the coin toss what <laughs> do you know the funny. coin toss i hope funny. we get a chance to kick 
Yeah. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, Florida. Thank you. You hate the top teams, and I hate all of them. So well done, Will. By the way, Nebraska's up on Ohio State 7-0. Nebraska is back. That's the other biggest mistake you can make in college football is going, hey, a team's up with with three minutes off the clock. They're going to win. That was the latest update I've ever heard. That was the joke. That was the joke. I'm seven to zero. Nebraska's back. (laughs) (laughs) They're ready. They're going to make the run. That's that's what I expect you to do on those updates over there for this show. Well, you guys are upset because people were announcing that Oregon was back. Uh, Preston, you're you're the first one to tear down those banners. Oh yeah, Oregon football's not back. No, they're not back. I mean, dude, they lost. They they got killed by Arizona. Well, yes, they did. Arizona's not good. <laughs> no, they're Arizona's not good. As a matter of fact, they're bad. Yeah, they're bad. Um, do you see? Do you guys see any other games that look like upsets for you? We've got Penn State, Michigan. We've got uh, well, you've got Nebraska, Ohio State. Are there any other games in college football that you're looking I'm, at and circling that you expect to see any upset movement? I am jacked. For the Texas Tech-Oklahoma game. Really? Remember that was the game two years ago where there were like 1,600 yards. Patrick Mahomes literally threw for 700 yards in one game. 700 (laughs) yards in one game. Oh, Uh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was every Big 12 game. There were people in the the 60s who didn't throw for 700 yards in a season. Yeah, but isn't Um, that the Big 12? We were also fighting Vietnam, Preston. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for bringing that up. Can't There's, believe you, dude. We're talking about college football, and you bring up Nam. Yeah, that is pretty terrible. <laughs> the hell is wrong with you, Preston? Yeah, I think seriously. I'm gonna leave after this. <laughs> so I had wrong. enough. Give me a break. So I was gonna talk about that game, but I'll just. I guess I can stop. No, now, no, but. no. You're you're good because because here's the thing: is 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 people are looking at the college football playoff, and we've kind of gotten into it. You need somebody in the Big Twelve to lose. Do you think Texas Tech? has a legit shot at taking out Oklahoma. I do because Oklahoma has a new defensive coordinator. Remember they fired Mike yep. Stoops. That his name's Ruffin McNeil. However, he has been doing a pretty good job with this Oklahoma defense. They've improved the last couple of weeks. I read a stat that uh, they've held opponents to under 300 yards a couple of weeks in a row. So they're improving on defense. I so think, wait, so you're picking the upset and, I, no, I'm not, and I'm your not reason picking, for the upset is because Ruffin McNeil has improved I'm not, the defense. I'm not, I just want to make sure I'm tracking this. No, no, no. Well, that would, that would be pro-Oklahoma. I'm not picking the upset. I'm pro-Oklahoma. I'm oh. saying there's a game that could be an upset, Oklahoma on the road. And remember, if Oklahoma wins out, they're probably going to the college football playoff. It's not a guarantee. But if they win out, that would include a Big 12 title game. It would include a win over Texas. So Oklahoma's got a lot of credentials to yeah. to make the playoff. Well, and this it, is this is a big trap game for them. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I think the biggest game that you really need to look at is Penn State and Michigan. Ooh, okay. It has to be that because Michigan is the only team now in the Big Ten. And I know that we're going to talk about Ohio State and everything, but I, I feel like Ohio State has one more loss in them. We have to kind of just assume that. I feel like Michigan is your best chance to get a Big Ten team into the title conversation or the playoff conversation i just feel like there's so much carnage in that conference that you have a team like penn state who trace mcsorley as much as we love to make fun of him as a uh, uh reported drinker uh abuser <laughs> of alcohol he's using air quotes for everybody that's not yes. watching this on television yes we we have we have thoroughly drug 
Trace McSorley's name through the mud on this show. All we've said about Trace McSorley is that he drives a truck. Yes. And I still believe that. He drives a truck. He dri- Well, it's not a <laughs> truck. It, huh? It's a Subaru Baja. It's a Subaru Brat. Brat, Which yes. is a truck. Yes. Let's be honest. The Brat. In all technical close... terms, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a truck. But all I'm saying <laughs> it's is a utility vehicle. There's Michigan no has the greatest chance, I think, of any of those teams to make it into the college football playoff. I think there's huge concern right now for Ohio State. If you're looking at that team and you look at Urban Meyer, he's been telling the press that you know, health-wise, he is not doing well. This team is very, very, very known for losing late in the season. I, I, I just, I, I think that this Michigan game is really important. Well, and they're they're losing right now. Ohio State's losing to Nebraska. Yeah, seven to zero upset alert. Upset alert. Oh, upset, upset alert. alert. Uh, but yeah, but clearly the best loss I think for a team in the Big Ten is that loss for Michigan to. I mean, it's a Notre Dame loss in a close game week one. So I think there, there's a little bit of room to forgive that. Um, but the other game too is Kentucky Georgia on the other side of the SEC conversation, and I, I wonder how much the opponent matters in the SEC championship game because if you have a team that can actually knock off Alabama or LSU, whoever you have play in it i think the team is georgia i'd be very surprised if kentucky can do that so you'd like to see georgia round back into form and you saw when they got a chance at redemption last year you know they can when you get two shots at a team it it's not Uh, easy to do yes always hard to beat the same team twice that's uh the old adage yeah so so a lot a lot to look at um but right now uh i i think that the the big thing is just look for chaos at the top yeah, uh, you you root for chaos at the top, but at the same time, it kind of turns into moments where you have teams that really shouldn't be there. Now, I'm not going to be somebody that's going to really attack the Big 12, or I'm sorry, the Pac-12, <laughs> uh, you know, very much. But I think if Washington State gets into the playoff, you could have a nightmare scenario in that they're going to be completely overmatched by an Alabama team, a Clemson team, any team... Look, the Pac-12 sucks. It's just (laughs) not very good. They're just not very good. And so if you have a Washington State team that can somehow get past the Apple Cup, and then, of course, what we just assumed, they could beat the South opponent in the Pac-12 title game, I think it's a scary thought to have Alabama go up against that offense. Sure. Dude, Alabama will tear you apart, and (laughs) Washington State's defense is nothing. They're not great. Well, again, then don't break. Again, here's why your best hope is to have Washington State win out. Oklahoma went out, UCF went out, Notre Dame went out, and then you have chaos in the Big Ten. And a lot the, of win outs. And the SC- well, but again, because then what you do is you have this illusion that Washington State deserved to be in there, and it's sitting on the outside looking outside looking in, and then they get a chance to go out and have a nice, you know, beautiful weather day on a, uh, in down in Southern California and go whip the ball around the yard, and people go, oh, look what they did in the in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Uh, they, they should have been in there, and they'll beautiful. get an opponent. They'll get an opponent that's less than, and they'll play against Wisconsin or somebody yeah. or, or Iowa, mm. and and now you've got this fodder Iowa for football. the conversation. Yeah, that's that's the best part. But that's that's, that's a what great that, point. again. That's what you want is this chaos. You want yeah. UCF to be left out and beat another team like Auburn because if you want to expand this college football playoff. I'm not opposed. Like, I don't know why everybody's so upset about the idea that if you had eight teams, you'd have blowouts in week ones. We get blowouts every week in college. Ruin football. the game. Yeah. It'll ruin ruin the game. It'll and ruin even the with, game. And even sometimes when you have top ranked teams that they just flat out get blown out, like yep. it just happens. So it's, if you expand it, it's just not only money wise is the NCAA going to look a lot better, right? Because that's at the end of yep. the day, what it's all about. But you just get some some matchups that you would never see, right? Like if you could see like a UCF play Washington State or something like that, yeah. I think that'd be super cool. And I think a lot of 
at least a lot of fans and a lot of watchers yeah. would like to see something like that because the four teams, because you're like, okay, there's probably going to be, t- you know, maybe two SEC teams as usual, maybe an ACC. As usual. I like that now it's usual. It's happened once and now it's no, per but, usual. No, but what it I'm is saying is that when it, right, when it comes down to it, if it's, if it's between another Pac-12 team or another SEC team, who are they going to take every time? Yeah. It's always going to be like that. So yeah. it'll be nice to open it up and finally have, you know, if they can get eight teams in and then – those matchups, I think, would be super cool. It and I, I, I do think that's the best possible result for the Pac-12 is that Washington State plays in a New Year's Six Bowl game that isn't the playoff because they're not yeah. they're not an elite, elite team. They're not going to beat Bama or Clemson, or the odds certainly are, are not in their favor. But if they do beat like a like a second-tier kind of Michigan or, or Iowa or Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, then they can brag about that and they can say, bring on the eight-team playoff, and that's just another argument in their favor. They'll yeah. never bring on the eight-team playoff. Oh, I think I, they will. No, I think they will. I, I, I think There's I, too much money to be made not to. Uh, I think that at that point, you kind of disrupt the delicate balance of competition and money because that's what the, that's what college football is trying to do. The, the Dude, it's, it's, you stop it, pretending it's amateur. I mean, it's funny that you care about do. competition. That's like saying yeah. student athlete. The yeah. out-of-conference like, games now already have lost a lot of relevance. They, they, they literally have. Even after Washington got thoroughly beat by Auburn, Everybody goes, thoroughly. oh, no, they got thoroughly beat. It was very obvious that yeah, Auburn was, was, yeah, was a bad. better team. Yeah, but they only won by like six or three. But yeah. it was yeah. very, very obvious. You penalties. could just tell. And so even after that game, everybody goes, oh, Washington still has got a chance. Yeah, but Washington's terrible. They lost to Oregon. But after that game, everybody goes, oh, still have a chance for the playoff. Easily. Yeah. And then if Auburn you, started expand, one and three in the SEC. If you expand that to eight. Yep. The, nothing matters. Literally, nothing <laughs> no, will matter if you're no, a power no, five yeah. team in the pre, uh, uh, pre-conference. Except for, except for there should. Here's here's the problem with college football that's always been in my mind as an NFL fan is that there's there's equal value on early season games as there is to late season games, and it shouldn't be that way. You should have a team that has the ability to get better, and if they can play themselves into a conference champion, they should have a reward for that, and having a playoff system is the way to do that. The NFL rewards the best team at the end of the year. They don't reward the best team all year, and this idea that college football, every game matters, yeah, they matter to the fans. You're telling me that Washington fans aren't going to care about the game against Auburn week one because if they lose, it doesn't end their season season that's a good thing you want to have more teams have a shot later if we can get to the end of the season you have 25 teams have a chance at an 18 playoff doesn't that make football better the idea that oh well week one games aren't going to matter as much Good. They're week one games. Week 12 should matter more than week one. Yeah, college football is the best regular season in sports, and that is the reason that we love it so much because every game matters and you're on the edge of your seat. Like, oh, until you lose this, our season's over. But if the playoff comes around and you can afford to lose one to two games, an 18 playoff is what I'm talking about, then that's when the regular season value gets a little bit diminished, and that's what, in my opinion, there needs to be like a conference commissioner, or I mean an NCAA college football commissioner, and it's a whole big story, but um, I think that needs to happen. Every game only matters if you keep winning. Every game doesn't matter for Oregon State. Sorry, No, you're right, though. That's exactly what I was going to say was just, you know, you have like – once Oregon State loses, you know, maybe three or four games, just like the Ducks, too. Once yeah. they lost to Arizona, you're like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? Now we d- we're going to go to the Sun Bowl yeah. or whatever exactly. whatever bowl game they have. So, yeah, it's winning. It does matter, but not as much if you lose two games. Exactly. After you lose two games, it, after that, it's just your pride. Before we get into our picks for college football in the NFL, let's overhype the Blazers. We'll do that next, right after the news. 
All right. Thunder. Thunder. All right, little ACDC to close it out. If you didn't catch the theme, all this, all the uh, break music or uh, rejoinder music was all about Thunder today. You guys got to cover the Mountain View Thunder last night, huh? My alma mater. We yeah, got to talk no, on the air because uh, Joe Fish was screwing things up. I know. <laughs> what was up with the phone line? Oh, don't worry about that. Poor, yeah. Joe, poor Joe was trying his hardest. Uh, but you guys got to watch the Mountain View Thunder roll yesterday, huh? Yeah, they, might, the they might be roll my, on. Yeah, they might be my favorite yeah. team to watch in this area. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they might They might have done it. Hey, uh, so you guys are covering uh, high school football. This is your first year working together. How much fun have you guys been having uh, going out and doing the play-by-play in those games? It's fun, man. It's actually, I think the... The worst part about it is having to walk through the high school kids. That's it. Everything else is great, right? But you're walking through all those, like, there's, like, a big group of kids, and you're, you know, you're like, this is kind of weird. I'm kind of old. Like, I'm trying to just walk through here and get to the get to the booth. And It's weird because you made it weird, Marcus. Well no, done. it's just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't it's, know. It, you know, it's been awesome going to the different venues. Kiggins is a cool place. Yep. I have not, I, I've never really been to a, a football stadium like that where it's, like, a Half bowl on one side and then a forest on the other side. It's Will, cool being, to the, being at these different venues. Will only covers games at Jesuit because they have the best uh, booster oh. spread around. Oh, dude, I get so jacked up when they send me to Jesuit games. So you go up into their box, right, their press box. That thing has, like, uh, bagels, cream cheese, locks, sandwiches, chips, cookies, drinks. <laughs> Look at this dude. Like, He's it's completely <laughs> catered. And I go in there with my media pass, and I take the food and I eat it. And the best part what is... What do you they, do with the food? What's, well, I eat it. Oh, that's and, pretty good idea. Uh, yeah, well, you, that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, and so huh. I go there and I eat it, and I turn around and I have, like, maybe two or three parents kind of looking at me, leering a little bit. And they don't say anything because they know they don't want to get into that conversation, which is... Hey, are you supposed to be up here? Uh, yeah, look at the media pass. <laughs> they don't want me to get in their face. Now, I did get looks from the uh, school's president who was up there one time, who I only found out later was the school's president because he made it known very audibly when he, he had a, a sash. No, he had a very loud conversation like right next to me when I was watching the game with a parent. And I was like, oh, okay, I should probably not do that anymore. Well, all right, gents, uh, let's make some college football picks. Uh, last week, we were very dismissive of Oregon State against Colorado. I made the assumption that everybody's going to take Colorado. That was uh, ratified, and we moved on from it. We were all wrong. So I will give you the opportunity to take the Beavs at home against USC, and I'll give it to you first, Marcus. Uh, do you see uh, a win streak for Oregon State? Unfortunately, no. Okay. I, I like the Beavs, but I think it's like yeah, it finishes 38-17. All USC. right. Uh, Will, you guys beat USC when you played for the Beavs? Yes. Any chance they win today? Uh, no, not whatsoever okay. at all. Uh, not, the, yeah. the win last week against Colorado, I, I mean, it, it was just kind of a confluence of events of Colorado looking worse and worse as the season goes along. Uh, and, you know, I, I always kind of border on the side of if the other team has just overwhelmingly better talent, they're probably going to win. And Oregon State, again, you need to taper your expectations and realize that this is a team that's completely rebuilding, completely gutting. It's a five-year project. Whatever positive signs come forward, take them, move on to the next week, week and wipe your memory clean. Perfect. I, I'm going to say that SC is nope. going to win this game, but 
hey, I'll be pleasantly surprised if we can pull <laughs> the upset off. I would be happy. Sure. <laughs> We're all rooting for the Beavs and picking USC. I assume you don't have much of a yeah, different Co- Colorado's in last place in the Pac-12 South. That is crazy. They are 2-4 yep. and four in the conference. I'm taking USC for sure. For sure. Uh, number eight, Washington State. Anybody just speak up if you're taking the upset, Cal, at Washington State. Anybody? No, but it's weird because uh, Washington State's only a touchdown favorite. That's right. Well, seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Seven and a half. I mean, a lot of people are thinking it's going to be a close one, even in Washington state. Well, uh, so Washington state's got a stretch of three games here where they're playing against Cal. And then I believe they've got Colorado and Arizona in there. So uh, they stay undefeated or are they going to cook it before they play uh, UW? I think they cook it. I I hope they don't cook it. (laughs) Because I want to see that apple. I I do want to see it, but, uh, but right. There's always those one team. There's always certain teams that, you know, when a team in the Pac-12, whenever they play each other, it's just kind of like the mojo's off. Like when Cal yeah. plays, you know, Washington State, I feel like Cal always wins. Maybe not. Maybe it was just last year, but it's just kind of that feeling, you know. It's just yeah. like when, whenever Oregon goes down to maybe Arizona, right, they always have they always have like a weird time. It's I don't know. Maybe it's something like this that. Is, this is as big a week for Washington State as, as I think the school, in, at least in my memory, has had uh, in the last decade or more. But uh, Gardner Minshew mentioned as the uh, fourth favorite by ESPN in the Heisman rankings. They jump up to number eight in the college football uh, playoff poll. So, uh, yeah, if, if any ever there were a time to Cougat, this would be, <laughs> that would be the and, time. and I, I am hoping against it with all my might. I totally that, thought they'd Cougat against Stanford. Yeah, that was that was the opportunity, but yeah. wouldn't it be more appropriate if they lost to either well, Cal? Yeah, Colorado? Cougar is really awesome when you lose to a bad team. Like if you lose to yeah. a good team like yeah. Stanford, then you're not you're kind of cooking it. But if they lost to Cal, they definitely. But I think Cougar it would have counted with Stanford because Stanford is just that team that. Yeah. They, they just they lose and win games with no real pattern. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no point to them Very really true. getting out there on the field and trying to predict anything. You, you don't know what's going to happen. They could be incredible at one point, incredibly average at the other, and then completely awful in you know, another game. So, well, I don't know. Speaking of predictions, let's get to the big one. Uh, Chip Kelly's return to Autzen Stadium. He won a lot of football games there. Does that continue, or do the Ducks uh, get right the ship as much as they can? Ducks win. They do. You'd have to think the Ducks win, but then this is going to really, really, really depend on if Justin Herbert's going to play. I haven't heard anything from Twitter, at least on my feed, of Justin Herbert getting out there practicing, doing pregame warmups or anything. And so obviously if Braxton Burmeister is going to get behind center, your chances of winning drastically go down but you have to take a look at that UCLA roster and you know kind of attribute the same theory that I have with Oregon State right Oregon way better roster more talented UCLA in complete rebuild mode Wilton Spate might get out there so I think you got a good chance of beating UCLA I'm taking Oregon we've heard that Herbert's cleared from concussion protocol in these practice. So I would think he's going to play unless he suffered some other injury or setback. Or they might be preserving him. Who um, knows? But he's definitely practiced. Like we have, uh, there's footage of him practicing. So yeah, I think Oregon wins this thing for sure. All right. All right. Running away. Do- What's that? They win running away, running away. Uh, just like they were going to do against Arizona. Just <laughs> mentioned that. Um, all right. The big, the biggest game wow. in college football today, LSU, Alabama, anybody willing to take the upset there? No, I'm oh. taking Bama. No, I'm taking Bama. Easily Bama. Yeah. I mean, right. it's going to be LSU's defense is going to have to play insane. Well, to Joe, stay Burrows, in that game. Joe Burrows is going to go nuts. Here's the thing about these prediction guys that you're forgetting is uh, that they don't matter and no one will remember. So I'm taking LSU so I can look <laughs> smart. 
And and you know what? Here's the thing: Golden State Warriors, uh, the the Boston Red Sox, the, the the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's fun to hate great teams, and I'm going to continue to do that because I've done it my entire sports life. I hated Michael Jordan when he was winning six straight, so. I'm going to pick LSU, and I hope that they crush them. Everybody, enjoy your college football Saturday. There's a great uh, slate of NFL games. Uh, enjoy the Blazers game tonight. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, thank you for joining our show. Thank you to Preston, Marcus, Will for joining the show. Will's, I guess, always on the show. You two goons for joining the show. We're done. Bye-bye. Enjoy. It's your love, Charles. So always look KD, you cheese butt. Where LeBron at? Katie, LeBron, he gonna yam on you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.